Hello, beautiful soul fam. Welcome to another glorious voyage here on Ceremony Circle Podcast. I'm your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And before we dive into today's show, which is an incredibly epic one, by the way, I wanted to share with you one personal note. And that is on August 14th, my fiance, Luke Story, and I will be keynote speakers at the Modern Nirvana Conference here in Austin, Texas. Modern Nirvana is founded by actress and humanitarian Kat Graham, Emmy award-winning journalist Frank Ellaridi, and breathwork master Bryant Wood. And Luke and I will be giving a talk on Higher Power Couple, Four Cosmic Codes for Divine Partnership, something we are both very passionate and experienced with. And Deepak Chopra will also be speaking, so is Dave Asprey and many other epic beings. So you can head to my website, alisoncharles.com backslash events. That is A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com backslash events to get your tickets and come and join us. Okay, on to the magic of today. My guest is a dear sister, friend, master alchemist and author of Whole Beauty, Shiva Rose. Shiva's had a most fascinating life journey. She became a refugee after fleeing Iran with her parents at just the age of 10. She then went on to become an acclaimed actress living a very Hollywood life with now ex-husband, actor Dylan McDermott, to then becoming a mom and being told she only had one year to live after some health diagnoses. But true to Shiva's innovative, brave, bold, and beautiful spirit, she would not accept that diagnosis as fact, and she allowed a whole new way of life to be born for her and from her, including moving from Hollywood to a life homesteading in Texas. So yes, we get into all of that, plus the land ceremony she was called to do with a Native American man, what all of that revealed for them, as well as her journey in becoming a sacred tea ceremonialist. Luke and I had a chance to experience one of Shiva's tea ceremonies ourselves while sitting on her land and here in Texas. And it is just so mystical and powerful. It moved every single one of us who were there. Now Shiva and I also talk about yoni eggs. We have not covered this yet on Ceremony Circles. So we talk about why and how to work with them. And Shiva is also one of 25 global contributors for my book, Animal Power. So we share about her incredible story with a macaw bird and how it opened her spiritual abilities for her. An Animal Power book is available now everywhere books are sold. I am so excited to finally be saying this statement out loud because creating this book, or should I actually say co-creating this book with the Power Animal World, has been many, many lifetimes and thousands of years in the making. So it is my greatest labor of divine love ever in my career. So I'm very, very honored to finally be able to say it is now available. You can head to my website, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And once you order it, you can just enter your receipt code on my website and we will then send you a complimentary video guided shamanic journey facilitated by me where you can meet your very own power animal. Now, Shiva is a real goddess warrior for all things health, healing and wholeness. And she also shares a couple of top conscious parenting tips and so much more. 
including offering an opening and closing of today's ceremony circle by communing with the four directions. Ah, I know you guys are going to love this one. So without further ado, let's immerse ourselves in the alchemy and divine awakening energies of Shiva Rose. Okay, sister, I've been waiting for this day. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm just so, so honored and happy to have you here. And for everyone listening and joining us today, we are going to switch things up. We're going to do things a little bit differently on today's Ceremony Circle. I'm sure you all are used to immersing and letting go into the rituals and ceremonies at the end of every episode. But today, Shiva is going to guide us at the beginning. So I will let you take it away, sister. A prayer to call in the four directions. Great spirits of the East, the land of the rising sun, the land of new beginnings, the land of the great condor and the eagle, please join me here today in this sacred space. Please bring me your energy. Please protect me under your wings as the great condor does. Please let us see the great perspective of our lives from the heights of the eagle and the condor. Thank you for being here today, great spirits of the East. Great spirits of the South, the land of the fire, the land of ambition, the land of desire, sexuality, fertility. Thank you for being here today with us. The land of the great serpent. Please allow us to shed what no longer serves us as a snake does. Please allow the coils of light and the coils of protection to surround us here today. Great spirits of the South, please ignite our passion and our ambition for the betterment of this planet. Thank you, great spirits of the South. Great spirits of the West, the land of the setting sun, the land of dreams, the land of the unconscious, the land of water, thank you for being here today. We want to give a blessing of gratitude for all the rains you have brought us. We would like to honor all the ways in which water blesses our lives. The land of the jaguar, the land of medicine, please be here with us today. Thank you, great spirits of the West. Great spirits of the North, the land of the ancestors, thank you for all our ancestors, seven generations past, Thank you for protecting us and for seven generations to come. Thank you for being here with us today. Hummingbird medicine, bear medicine, all that come from the north. Let us be able to take in the sweet nectar of our lives as the hummingbird takes in nectar from the flowers around. Let us have the strength and wisdom of the bear. Thank you, great winds and spirits of the north. Great Mama Earth, Panchamama, Gaia, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for the mountains, the rivers, the streams, the creeks. Thank you for all your creatures, the two-legged, the four-legged, the creepy crawlies, the winged ones, the finned ones. Thank you. Thank you for protecting us and bringing bringing us your protection. Thank you for being here with us, Great Spirit, Mother Earth, and the Great Spirits of the Sky, Celestial Beings. Father Sky, Mother Moon, Sister Wind, Star Nation people, thank you for all your energy. Thank you for shining your light among us. And now, our container 
is open. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it is. And so it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh. Ah, uh, I love the the space that your being opens and facilitates and holds. It's like very inviting. I feel so held, and I didn't really want to open my eyes and take myself <laughs> out of there. Aw. Uh, I know it's sort of strange to then go back into it but I figured now we've created a ritualistic ceremonial space which you do anyways yeah no it's but, perfect um, I figured that was uh I've been doing these more and more lately I just did a summer solstice blessing and opening of a circle up in Colorado and, it, and it's it's nice to like go back to this which I know you are very deep in that tradition too just connecting to the native spirits and Mm-hmm. especially being out here in, te- in this new land you know connecting with the ancestors and the spirits of tribes that were here the Comanches and I've been doing some deep dives into the mm. the, the natives that were here before us interesting any any little aspect of that that you want to share yeah it's know? just fascinating how the the um the Comanches were so fierce especially where we are in Fredericksburg and how they they really held tight to that to that land and they actually I think they were used, like they were left in place and they were sort of used with some of the governments that came in and went, but they stay, still maintain their, their footing there. Mm. And there was a tribe before them too. So anyways, I've been just trying to do some research. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think it's also really important to do that, to learn who the original people were that inhabited these beautiful sacred grounds. And also, you know, I, also love to tune in and connect in at the house that Luke and I bought, you know, calling in the love and light guardians energetically of that place and of the home. And I just think it's, it's a pretty vital step to take when you're entering into grounds anywhere. It's like, you know, who activated this place? Who was here? What, you know, what definitely shared here? We actually had a native American come to our house and do a clearing, you know, three and a half, four years ago now, three and a half years ago, I guess, when we bought the land. Mm. I feel like it's really important to do that wherever you are, just sort of clear energy and then give a blessing and Yes. You know, so it's really putting the tobacco and, you know, smoking the tobacco and going to the four corners. Yes. (laughs) We'll have to do that at your house. Yeah, like nerding (laughs) out. I I did an initial version of that, but I do want to do a much fuller, um, yeah, full-on ceremony. Before we started the renovations, I went in and, and, yeah, offered the tobacco. I spoke to the grounds and I spoke to the guardians of the home. And of course, thank them for inviting us in and allowing Mm. us to be there and then asked what offerings that they most wanted. And tobacco is definitely in that mix. And so I spent a number of hours just myself, you know, over there in that space and just communing and learning. And yeah, there's a whole relationship. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? There's a whole world. (laughs) I mean, the veils are being lifted, I think. Yeah. Especially now, it seems like it's not so distant. No, it's very, <laughs> um, it's very much, yes, here with us. And, you know, I think it could be of service for the soul fam who's joining us. I'm not sure how you connected to that Native American elder who came to your lands, but for some people that like 
they're th- listening to this and thinking, wow, this really speaks to me, but like, how, where, where would I start or how do I do that? You know, it was a mystical experience. Uh, I had met a woman, I still haven't met this woman, but we started sort of connecting through social media. And then I, you know, she knew I, I was coming to Texas and she was a fan of my partners. He's a musician and she was a longtime fan. And then she connected me to this Native American man who is in Kerrville. He actually has like this acupuncture wellness center, mm. which is like maybe 35, 40 minutes from us. Kerrville's this town. Cause I was like, that was an intention. I was like, okay, we need to, we need to clear this land mm-hmm. <laughs> once we've, uh, once we purchased it. And there was some, you know, there was always, there's energy and I could feel there was a little bit of energy there from, you know, animals or, or just vacants. And it's, we found all this information. It was a town at one time. And, and I think the two brothers that owned the town ended up dying of, um, was it cholera or, you know, in the 1800s. There's definitely, there's energy you want to clear, especially Texas is a little older than California in some way. I mean, it's not older, but as far as, you know, the pioneering, um, making it into cities. So, I felt like we had more generations to clear and and to bring in right. the positive. How beautiful. Yeah, is I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying this part. It's unexpected. I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but what else can you share? <laughs> and I know some of it is very sacred, so you know I'm not asking you to share it all, but while the Native American man was there with you, and your partner's name is Dan, right? Mm-hmm. And was it the three of you then mm-hmm. going out on the land? Yeah. And like, what was one of the experiences did he do any sacred songs or he did he mm-hmm. did songs he did drumming we burned sage we did the tobacco he smoked the pipe mm-hmm. he went off on his own mm-hmm. and did some you know so asked some questions and um and there were areas that had to be cleared for sure that he felt there was still some lingering energy and oh. yeah it was it was interesting and you know i i don't feel like it's that's it. And it's done. I feel like it's an evolving thing. I, I'll still bring out the sage and, mm-hmm. you know, clear energy in the house. And um, this is like almost four years ago now. I always think like it's, a, you know, when you have a space, it's alive, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like us. Like if we take a shower and wash our hair, why wouldn't we clear our energetic field mm-hmm. from time to time? And that's why I love Kundalini, which is a whole nother yeah. <laughs> practice. But I love that in Kundalini, you're cleaning your auric field daily. You know, thousands, hundreds of years ago, they didn't believe in bacteria, right? They said bacteria didn't exist because they couldn't see it. Meanwhile, people were dying mm. from bacteria. And then once they realized, oh, we can't see it, but if you wash your hands, you can actually get rid of this thing called bacteria. So I always think just because we can't see energy or Mm. things that gleam onto our auric field doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Absolutely. Energetic hygiene and yes, you know, transmutation, clearing, blessings, whatever, you know, we're, we're doing. It's yes, it is a daily practice for me. And I think it's so powerful. I personally choose to, and also recommend, you know, starting each day, whether it's an altar or just a sacred space in your home. And I really tune in, I tune into my spirit, my soul, my heart, you know, the energy of the day and, and just really sense, you know, I've got all my tools, but then I just allow myself to be intuitively guided to mm-hmm. what smudge or, you know, rattle or drum or not, or maybe it's the cars or maybe it's flower essences, or maybe it's, a. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a microdosing mushroom tincture or, you know, I mean, whatever. Um, maybe I want to work with feathers that day, but 
It's one of the most glorious co-creative mm. aspects of life, I think, mm -hmm. doing these practices. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. I think it does completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a work done with this angel healer and, you know, I'm never, sh I'm still a skeptic. I'm not a complete gullible, naive person. I was a little skeptical, but I definitely noticed shifts in my health. Amazing. So yes, there's a whole arena that we, you know, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that we just unexpectedly and organically started with talking about the land here that you and your partner, Dan, um, you know, you guys got it, like you said, about four years ago. And it was so nice when Luke and I came over the Christmas, New Year holiday. That was when we were feeling cold here, but I had mm. never been here. And before, you know, the plane even fully touched down, you know, I could just feel this welcoming embrace. And as soon as I turned my phone on, there were people, you know, already sending texts saying like, I know you're on your way here and let me know if you need anything. And, <laughs> and then you had reached out and, and welcomed and invited us onto said lands that we've been speaking about. And it was, I'm so grateful that in that short trip, because we were only here, I think, for about eight days. Oh, wow. We needed to tune in quickly and, yes. um, <laughs> and look at houses. And there was, it was a whole thing, yet we really knew we needed to make time. I think it was on the solstice, the winter solstice or something. I think so, it was. Yes, it was solstice. Yeah. Yes. And so yes. Luke and I, we get this invitation from Shiva to come to a tea ceremony. And I had, we had like- <laughs> We hadn't really met. No. No, which is so strange because I feel like I've known you now. I, absolutely. Yeah. I did not feel like <laughs> oh, the first time meeting. It's so beautiful. So you felt like such an ancient sister to me. And so I was excited to finally meet you in person because I had, of course, known of you for years and Luke had met you. And, you know, we make our way out because you're out there mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a great way. And, um, you know, we got in the car, made the drive. And I'll never forget. I'm not sure. <laughs> I can't remember if Luke and I told you this. So this might be a new funny one for you. But Luke had known you from your time in LA because mm -hmm. you guys were both there for a very long time. I remember him being curious because you have such a, an eye for beauty and your brand mm. is just so gorgeous. And I think he had either been to or was familiar with your home. Oh yeah. I think he must've been to my house. Yes. Yeah. In LA. And so he's like, gosh, I'm so curious to see. <laughs> oh no. I'm so curious. You know exactly. It's not quite like LA. <laughs> but this is one of the, the heart aspects of what I wanted to talk about with you because, you know, he's like, I'm so curious what kind of setup she has out here because she's got she had such an, a gorgeous home in LA <laughs> and we're driving down this dirt road and driving 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 and then we you know we're we're there we know we're there and we pull onto the land and we see an airstream <laughs> and yep. we see Shiva and a few other women's women sitting on the land on the ground and he's like huh <laughs> I think we're, we're I mean we're here because she's here but Huh. That's it. This <laughs> is airstream. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I was so intrigued and I would love for us to get into this dichotomy and this, because one big theme that kept revealing when I was feeling into this interview is you have lived to me, what feels like such a full life, such a full expression already. You have really 
covered on the full spectrum, you've really covered a lot of ground. And this being just one of those examples, you had this very Hollywood background, which I didn't even know about (laughs) until I'm doing my Googling the other day. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> Shiva was an actress, an acclaimed actor. And Aww. you had this, you know, your ex-husband is still mm-hmm. a very well-known actor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dylan, Mc- Dylan McDermott. McDermott. Yes. And I see all these pictures of you on the red carpet. Fashion world. I mean, for, that's the craziest thing is I started wearing vintage and suddenly like fashion magazines really liked it in the 90s, you know? So suddenly it became like a fashion, which is, was such a gift, you know? Yeah. So suddenly I was like, you know, I had entry into the fashion world and the magazines and it was just the, organically. It was just, and it was, I love it. I mean, I love aesthetics and fashion and it's like one of my favorite things too. So, yeah. So you had this, I mean, full on major Hollywood life at one point. And I know you have two daughters mm-hmm. with your ex and, um, you know, and yeah, and just seeing that version of you and, you know, reading about some of the films that really got a lot of praise and high acclaim. And Aww, I thought, oh thank my you. Goodness, yeah. It's like you with your past too, right? I, I mean, <laughs> I've I, heard about it on your podcasts, you know, you're, it's amazing. It, well, reinvention too, right? Mm-hmm. We're still who we are at our core, but yes. to be able to reinvent... I think because I was such an avid reader as a child, I was obsessed with books. And I read these books like Jane Eyre or Forever Amber. And these women characters always had these epic lives Mm. where they just like, you know, had so many different chapters of themselves. Mm. And I think at a a young age, I was like, you know what? I want to have an interesting life. (laughs) Well, your intention, I mean, from my perspective, yes, you are definitely living that. And so, yeah, I was really intrigued. You know, there's so many places that we can go from where we're starting at. So let me just actually take a second to tune in because, you know, to go from Hollywood, which has a very particular essence about it. It's a, it's its own entity. It's its own thing, especially when you're, when you're experiencing it in the way that you were, because you and your ex were both doing a a lot of big projects and you're doing all of the other pieces that go with filming movies like we like we touched on you know being in the magazines and being on the red carpets and attending all these premieres and i'm sure you're in circles of other you know a-listers and and that whole thing and i think i know where this particular shift started to get born inside of you but i of course mm. want to hear it from you but to go from this world that we're touching on to now homesteading and owning many acres of land kind of in the middle of nowhere in Texas and you're regenerating the land and inviting natives to to come on and do clearings and blessings explain to people (laughs) where did it start to shift from red carpets and premieres to homesteading Uh, (laughs) help us well thank you for seeing me yeah you're one of the first people that's actually I feel like this is a soul retrieval workshop for me right Great. now <laughs> where I'm bringing all my pieces together because I come from a pretty chaotic, I mean, I'm half Iranian, half American. I was raised in Iran for 10 years. We escaped the revolution, came to America. So I'm sort of, 
equipped to handle the polarities in life, Mm. you know, to go from one extreme to the other. And then I have to remind myself, I have to bring all of these together. And it's like, again, like soul retrieval, you have bits of yourself and you don't want them to go wandering. They're all a part of this collective thing that becomes a woman or a man or, you know, this, this thing that we, we are. So thank you for seeing me. Uh I'm very, I'm I'm very grateful. Couldn't (laughs) like, you know, well, believe it or not, it's interesting that it's, it's like different chapters. But yes, I think it was, uh, I really, you know, I met my ex-husband so young. I was 20, 21. I was going to UCLA and and I sort of got into this life. I had my daughters fairly young and I acting was my life. I mean, I breathed in everything as far as theater, especially. I had a theater mm. company in LA and so that definitely was my passion. And then I just, I because of my health, I, had, I was um, diagnosed with lupus, scleroderma and rheumatoid arthritis when I was 25, 26 around when I had my first daughter. And I was told I had a year to live. So that I think was a pivotal moment for me because that got me, whether I wanted to or not, on this uh, holistic life journey. Mm. So it kind of catapulted me into it. And it wasn't willingly. <laughs> right. So, but it's almost like you you try things and you see what works for you. I've done the regular Western route, I've done allopathic medicine, and then I had to go holistic. And so, anyways. To make a huge long story short, about 12 years ago, I was getting divorced from my ex. We started to go into our different ways and I wasn't being fulfilled by acting. And then I started having another health crisis. Mm. So I just went back to the earth. It was only, it was just really trusting my instincts. So I just simplified my life. I started to create a homestead in LA, which is, is not as easy as it seems, but I lived in the Palisades by the mountains and I started to grow my own food organically. I was very blessed to have this lot behind my house that was sort of communal land that belonged to the city. So I started to grow my own vegetables and fruit. I got chickens, I got honeybees, and I started to sort of go back to what I had learned in Iran as a child. My mom's kind of a pioneer and she was doing this in Iran in the you know late 70s. So I kind of went back to that and I started to raise my daughters on the Waldorf school tradition. And I started to start taking myself out of acting because I realized it's such a toll on me. In what way? Well, I mean, it's also, I'm so grateful to it because I would not have any of my businesses right now if I wasn't an actor. Because Mm. as an actor, you, you know, Stella Adler, the great acting teacher said, to be a great artist, you have to have the skin of a rhinoceros and the soul of a rose. And that to me is what an actor, an artist, or even a business person has to have. You have to have the skin of a rhinoceros. So when people keep saying, no, 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 it doesn't damage you. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, I believe in this. I'm going to keep doing it. And then you have to have the sensitivity and the soul and the spirit of a rose where you have to keep protecting your vision and your sensitivity and your whatever it is that you're able, you know, creating a business from or art from. And it's such this, it's this very tough dichotomy. And I feel like people who are successful in the field of act really have been able to capture this. Mm. You know, they have to be tough as nails to be an actor. I mean, you get rejected 99.9% of the time, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, yes. And, and discerning along the way, like how long do you keep going and and believing and at what point if it truly feels like the quote-unquote right thing to do within your own soul and being to just kind of throw in the towel and say okay you know it's it's time to pivot but yeah there are a lot of nuanced energies within that field a lot and I never thought I would not act because I loved it so much but it was almost like 
my body sort of told mm. me for me because I was having this other health crisis and I had my girls to raise. You know, my ex-husband's a very successful. He was always on on set. So I had to be there to raise them. So I was like, okay, what do I love? Well, I lo- I'm trying to heal myself. So I'll start a blog. So I started one of the first wellness holistic blogs called The Local Rose. This is pre-goop, you know, pre- Way pre- Mind, body, green, pre, pre all that, you know. And I was like, and I want it to be chic. I want it to be elegant and chic and yet healthy and, you know, about like non-toxic mattresses, you know, not these things like 15 years ago, believe it or not, was very hard to find. Sure. You know, all the things that, you know, organic foods. And I mean, I remember researching calcified pineal glands back then, you know, people thought I was truly like an alien. Yeah. You were a bit ahead, <laughs> ahead of the curve. Well, that, that's probably the Aquarian <laughs> yeah, nature. Yeah. So then I started the blog and then, and then it started to just pick up from there. And then I could work at home. And then I started my beauty brand, Shiva Rose, and then the book came. So all these things sort of like, mm. you know, it's almost like you just have to follow your gut, your instinct, your intuition. And it'll, it's like Goethe said, you know, when you make a decision, the universe will help you along as long as you make that decision. Absolutely. And a couple of, there's a lot of things that stood out, but I love, and I definitely want to get into because it was a similar trajectory for me where it was my body. When I look back, it was my physical body and the intelligence of it that was trying to course correcting might be a little bit of a harsh way of putting it, but I was in a relationship that was not serving me. I was doing work that was not in alignment with my true calling and mission. There were a lot Mm. of things that were off kilter. And it was my body who first began to speak and get louder and louder, trying to get my attention saying, you're off track, sister, you're off Mm. track. And it was through autoimmune disorders and panic attacks. I was on um, anti-anxiety medication and just the suffering and emotional anguish was only intensifying. Mm -hmm. And so I find it really beautiful that as well for you, you know, your things, I mean, to be told by a doctor, I'm assuming that you Mm -hmm. only had one year to live. Oh yeah. Rheumatologist in Beverly Hills. That is so scary. I know. Dr. Bluestone. I mean, I don't even know if he's in business, but when my mother was there and she was sobbing, but you know, there's a little piece of me, there's a little rebellious piece of me. <laughs> and I just, I was like, no, that's not my story. That's not my story. So for you, when you, cause I was curious about that. When someone gets told a diagnosis like that, I was curious what it felt like in the moment or on the drive home. And at what point that piece kicked in that was just like, this is not my truth. You know, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's like a, I mean, look, it gets me in hot water sometimes, but <laughs> I've been arrested many times for protesting. Like I can get, I can get feisty. I was just diagnosed with glaucoma six months ago. And again, I took it the same way I took that. I was like, okay, I'm glad I know. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to lose my vision mm-hmm. and thank God I know yeah. so I can prevent it. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. I, maybe it's just a connection to, again, the na- knowing our body heals. Our body is remarkable. I mean, if we can give birth to a human being or if we can even be born, right? like how our body heals, our body, he- that's its natural inclination. You yes. know, I mean, um, and Kundalini, I know Yogi Bhajan's very controversial, and but but he did, I think he did say it's our divine right to be healthy, mm. you know, and to be happy and healthy and prosperous, and and that was another waking moment for me too, not to have that guilt about 
why not? Why can't I feel good? Because I think somewhere maybe I was punishing myself. You know, I've done a lot of work to find out why I got autoimmune, and, mm-hmm. you know, trauma, past childhood traumas. And and no, it's our God-given right to be healthy mm-hmm. and vibrant and healthy. And Oh my gosh. So I'm, I would love, um, because perhaps those joining us, maybe they have had been given similar diagnoses. When you started to Ah, yeah, get into the land and get your chickens and get your <laughs> bees. And I can, you know, get visions of you in your kitchen just experimenting and like tossing a dollop of this and some petals <laughs> of that and stirring that and reading and, and being like, oh my gosh, and having different light bulbs go off. Like, oh, I, I wonder if I blend this and this and just becoming your own alchemist. Mm. Do you recall a couple of those initial discoveries or a potion that you created for yourself that really soothed or, or you really look back and know that that helped to heal some mm. of this? Well, the, my skincare line, uh, I was doing a lot of Kundalini and that, and the rose face oil was my first product. And it literally came to me in a download because mm. it was something I'd been making, but the recipe and the pack, like the, all that just came to me. And I knew that that would be, this is eight years ago. Nobody was really using face oil, right. believe it or not. They thought oil was so bad. It made you break out. And, and that was like a hit, you know? So I knew, and I started to make it the one I'd been making for myself, but then I started adding some other things and I bottled it and, and oh my gosh, people started to actually like it. So that was probably one of those potions Uh (laughs) that led to my line now, you know, where I have 13 SKUs now. So it's incredible. And it's fun. I love to, you know, I wish I had more time and more, that's like my most favorite thing to do. Yeah. To make things. Oh gosh. Yeah. That vision of you, maybe someday, you know, now that we're, you know, neighbors yes. here in Texas, I would love, whether it's at your place or when we finally get into our home, I would, yeah, I would just love for us to get a bunch of things. Definitely. And, I don't know, make oh, stuff. Oh, make stuff. And there's so, oh my gosh, now there's like, you know, violet leaf is like my new obsession. Mm, what tell smell. us about that. Oh, it just smells so good. And it's from violets, you know, uh, and it's so good for like breast health Okay, and, and just the color. And Do you, you know, things. put it in hot water and drink no, it? No, no, just the oil. I've been oil. playing around with the oil. Okay. Yeah. So the, like little you know, discoveries, guava oil I've been playing around with at home. So yeah, uh-huh. it's so fun. And you have this incredible book called Whole Beauty. And while we're in this alchemy, potiony part of the talk, what's uh, something from your book, either a ritual or a recipe that you think it would be fun to share? Mm. Anything that just comes Well, I, you know, the book is great because, um, a lot of it is what you can make from your pantry mm. too. You know, one Love of my that. favorite masks, yes, is is yogurt and honey and lemon. Okay. Like if you have dark spots and you don't want to use, you know, chemicals for peel, you take like, you can take some yogurt. Does it have to be a honey. certain kind of yogurt? I like whole yogurt. Okay. It's better. And then mix it with some honey and lemon and put it on your face and you'll be amazed. Like And the, the lemon juice? In lemon juice, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or you could do a fruit instead if the lemon is too acidic berries um, is that rain it is isn't it such a lovely ambiance <laughs> oh my gosh I wish you guys listening could hear it but yeah every time we're in this particular studio you know it's been raining a lot here in Texas a lot and I've heard that um this is the shift that's happening that people don't talk about but it's uh the sun is going to go into this sort of ice age situation 
I know. Tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) And it seems like things that I've heard, it's actually happening. They say places like Washington and Oregon that have been very Mm. wet are going to start getting dry and hot. And places like Texas are going to get more wet. So I know at first I'm like, is this is this for real? But then I don't know. The last every six day. months, it's like, yeah. You never know. Every day there's like know. anywhere from like a 40 to a 100% chance. Um, we and have right- 14 inches of rain, which I'm so grateful because as we're regenerating the land yeah. and for our creek. Because when you came, it was dry. It was a dry creek, yeah. I'd love you to come back. Everything is just like, whoosh, wow. Just, and it feels like Kauai. I go to Kauai a lot. And it feels a lot like Kauai right now. It's just so lush and green. And I love it. That on a I soul know, right? level. I think feminine, the feminine wants juicy. <laughs> I want to be rolling around naked on moss <laughs> and on in, in big leaves, palm leaves, and, you know, rubbing some beautiful soil on my boobs and <laughs> bottoms go, of my let's feet. Let's go do that. Yeah. Doesn't that just sound so good? We have a date. Let's okay. go have a date. <laughs> and then just using some of your oils. And I don't know. Yeah. I just, it, I think it is. I've been really called lately, especially. I've worked a lot over the years on learning what is the divine feminine in me? Who mm. Who is who is she? And what is it? And what is the essence of her? And I had to really learn her because my whole life up until I started to question that, I was really run by my divine masculine or or unhealthy, actually, shadow mm. masculine components. And so l- lately, again, with my book launch and all of the, you know, the... Yes, I know. The y- the yang energy that we have to... That yang came a yang in and I was like, oh my God, you, the masculine's taking over. And thank God I had the conscious awareness to recognize that. Yeah. But it was, it was taking over with a swiftness and... Uh, a like totality, a, uh, like a familiarity, yeah. probably too. It was like, Default oh yeah, I know program. this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we, we're launching a book. Yeah, quick, you know, <laughs> don't receive and don't trust. Right. Just figure it out. Yeah. So, anyways. oh yes. Now I know. <laughs> Listen, I was a single mama, you know, running a business. Like, so I know I had to really learn. Mm. And I called in a very masculine partner who, oof, I mean, talk about. <laughs> Let's talk for a second. I He's mean, amazing. Can, thank you. But yes, it can be challenging too. It can definitely be challenging, but I think it works because we are so in our polarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a real, you know, and, and I, I've only met him once or twice, but um, just looks wise, he's that classic Americana, rugged <laughs> Texan like hat the overalls, the, I don't think he's had a piece of straw in his mouth. He's a toothpick usually. The toothpick, um, yeah. the boots, like real handsome, you know, strapping fella, um, <laughs> you fella, but he just, he's that kind of oh man. Oh my gosh. No. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Like sometimes I'm like, where am I in like some 1850s novel? Yeah. You know, he's like, woman, <laughs> woman. <laughs> you know? get back out on the land. Yeah. yeah. We've got some tending to do. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's good. It's what my soul wanted. And it teaches me, you know, knocks me into my feminine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And it's interesting you said that thing about, because I remember being in LA in the worst of the drought there a couple years ago before I met my partner and my moon disappeared mm. and we had no rain. And it was so fascinating. And I'd go hiking. I used to hike the trails behind my house with my dog and I would weep because the earth was so dry and mm-hmm. parched. The day the rains came in LA, my moon came. 
That's fascinating. It was, I'll never forget that. I knew there was a correlation. I knew I was identifying with the land so much so. Like it was freaking me out. I think I went like two, you know, two months, three months without my moon. And it was literally, and the day it started raining in LA, I got my moon. Hmm. And of course here in Texas with the rain, I'm like, you know, back to my... So it's fascinating. I do think our bodies mimic and mirror what's happening in our land, mm-hmm. you know, around us. I want to take a moment to thank Star Animal Sunday's Power Animal Fine Jewelry for making this episode possible. You all know my deep reverence for the power animal world. I even wrote a book on it. And this eco-friendly brand promotes the preservation of animal habitats. It features 19 different power animals, and it is all created from repurposed gold and ethically sourced diamonds. I have talisman pieces, necklaces, bracelets, and rings featuring the deer, horse, hummingbird, and flamingo. And they can also custom create your power animal by request, and each piece is blessed by a shaman. And you may have seen this jewelry featured in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, on Halle Berry, Naomi Watts, Selma Blair, the list goes on and on. And I truly adore and respect Star Animal Sundays so much. So if you are feeling the draw to explore the power animal world with them, you can use the code STARPOWER at checkout and you'll get three complimentary meditation candles valued at $80 with your purchase. Most importantly, 25% of sales that come from using the code STARPOWER at checkout go to the Javari Project's Alternative Livelihoods Program. The Javari Project is a registered for-purpose organization working with a coalition of partners such as cultural sanctuaries and indigenous communities, one of which is one of the most pristine biodiverse areas in the world that has an unparalleled diversity of plants and animals and is home to the highest number of remote, uncontacted indigenous peoples known today. The Javari Project and Cultural Sanctuaries identify and evaluate the current threats to the cultural and environmental assets of the Javari region in order to sustainably support their territorial rights, protect their livelihoods, and preserve their habitat. So I highly urge you to please support these incredible causes. They're very near and dear to my heart. So you can make an impact as well as connect with your animal power by visiting www.staranimalsundays.com. That's www.staranimalsundays.com and use code STARPOWER at checkout. Let's keep with this current of getting back to the land because I love what I'm seeing as we're talking of you with that diagnosis, beginning to attune to the lands and the Palisades. And thank God you had that cool area, you know, adjacent Mm -hmm. to your home where you could expand this exploration. And it just seems like, you know, that sensitivity and, um, very clear and direct connection that you have to Great Mother Earth to the point where when it was so dry and parched, you lost your moon cycle. In your willingness to allow this whole new thing for yourself, your life experience to start to come alive more and more in connecting more with the land, it, you know, gradually 
shifted you to where you let yourself let go? I don't know how, how attached you were mm. to LA, to Hollywood, to, you know, I don't know, but I would love to know a little bit about that. But how then did you and Dan meet? And I would love if you could touch on in a way that feels comfortable for you how you two decided because i know you just took the plunge you know it was very i was just telling my kimberly and her friends yesterday our, our dear mutual friend kimberly i think i was guided by god okay. and the divine because texas was not even on my radar and now i cannot believe every day i have a friend moving to texas yes it's remarkable i really think maybe because i was praying, chanting, doing Kundalini. So I was listening to something other than myself and I was letting myself be guided. I met my partner and literally four months in this relationship, him and I decided to buy land together. And and neither of us are very spontaneous like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's very, I think the land called us and I think the state of the world because now it's like Texas is sort of this epicenter for a movement and every day I have friends moving here so it's very strange I can't take credit for it because I think love only love would bring me here I'm such a romantic it wouldn't be business it wouldn't be anything but love really because I'm such a romantic that would have to be the only thing that would bring Mm. me here that would make me move my beautiful life and my comfortable life Because yes, now I deal with, you know, scorpions and scorching heat and monsoon rains and polar vortexes and wild boars and, you know, and fire ants. And I mean, it's like... And the spear grass. The spear grass. I mean, this is, you know, I, I, it's interesting because I went to Africa maybe five years ago, four or five years ago. And I remember thinking, I love Africa so much I could live here. Mm. And I, and then... And sometimes Texas reminds me where we're at, just the, the landscape and the mm-hmm. geography. Sometimes it's like got this Africa feeling to me. Well, actually, on Kimberly's land, I overlooking, oh, yes. I see Africa on Don't the other you? side of the river. Yes, with those huge yes. walls of limestone it and the same canyons. Yeah, it has this. Maybe there's some, you know, like the... Parallel meridian yes, or something. Yes, I think we need to check that out. That's a good next <laughs> step for us. And so was it, I understand the power of love, you know, um, because once Luke and I got together, I had been bi-coastal. I'd been rooted in New York for like 15 years, bi-coastal for a few, got the clear call from Goddess Oshun and the energies of LA to move to LA. But then he quickly said, once we got together, um, we're, we'll be leaving LA like ASAP. <laughs> and I quickly, when I felt into that, I thought, you know what? Number one, I I think the call to LA was more about he and I getting together mm-hmm. as opposed to me living there. And then number two, as long as I'm with him, like I'm good, Aww. you know, it is, it's true. It's Aww, cliche, it's but true, but I really felt that. That brings tears to my eyes, I, honestly, because mm. I just, uh, it's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because he's your home. It is. You guys are home for each other. So. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it lights, it brings such sparkle and light to my heart, even just hearing you say that it's I'm so grateful because Lord knows you know it it took us um, both he and I everyone's journey is of course not like ours but for us we had to put in a lot of <laughs> um, blood sweat and tears to get to where we are I want to hear about that someday because yeah. I feel like relationships they are they there's nothing like a relationship to get you to do your work mm-hmm. nothing like the pain of 
mm-hmm. you know, fighting with your partner. Or the, the, mm-hmm. I mean, bring up all your childhood stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing like... Yeah. Oh, there's that father thing right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's that mother thing. <laughs> yeah. Mean, my ex fiance and I, we were huge karmic teachers, especially pertaining to like the childhood wounding and things that have been so in shadow. And that provided my awakening and a lot got me on the trajectory to become sovereign, to be able to be in a place to align with someone like Luke. Yeah. So for you, how easy or hard was it then? I was saying all that to say I understand the power of love when you are with your your person that feels like home that is home on a soul level to leave to officially leave though that like you said the comforts of the the palisades and of that life to know because you knew you, the land you had there were no structures on it no i mean we had yeah there was a broken down cabin that we fixed up but it was unlivable pretty much right and so you knew we lived in a trailer for a while yes so mentally (laughs) to tell you know because it's very inspiring um and it gives people hope i think for those that are having their own awakenings and you know there there can be that mild to strong trepidation when you feel like you're crossing collapsing an old portal yes and entering into a new oh yes it's frightening because what if it doesn't work yeah so how did you just the trust i think you have to trust i think you have to know that that even if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, you've, you, you, you know, it's like that expression, at least you've tried, mm-hmm. at least, you know, you don't want to look back on your life and be, you know, still comfortable thinking, oh, maybe I should have <laughs> tried that adventure, right? you know? And I think it was, you know, maybe I was ready. Maybe I was ready for a shift for my, my soul was, yep. you know, my soul was like, okay, you've done this. It's been beautiful. I birthed book, a beauty line blog. My daughters are now relatively grown up and, you know, I was ready for this other chapter. Mm. And also when I was ready to meet my partner, I took some time to work on myself, of course. And then when I was ready, I did say to the universe that I'd be willing to move. It's be be careful what you say. Mm. Be careful what you say, because it does, (laughs) it will rear its head. Mm -hmm. But I did say that I would be willing to leave my beautiful sanctuary for love. Mm. It was important for me to find a partner that, you know, to, to just go on you know, working on myself with a partner's reflection. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the most powerful experiences I think one can have. So tell us when you get to the land, because I, you know, I'm also communing and I'm taking my time to get into alignment and to learn um, because I've never lived in Texas. It's It's a new world for me. And like you said, you know, there are scorpions, there are venomous snakes, there the spear grass. And so if you could just enlighten us a little bit, like a couple of the adventures, the land learnings that you've had yeah what the nature on the land that you're living on has has taught you and i also know that really and i we don't have to go into it if it's yeah. too sensitive but the fawn the oh yes that i know it's powerful mm. you know any any little land stories that you want to share well i think i just i just did a story the other day about fire ants i don't mm. know if you've ever been bitten by fire ants but there is it's really excruciating because mm. they they're like these little ants. They're not even, you can't even tell that they're fire ants, but when they bite you, they leave these like boils. Oh, wow. And they last for about a, over a week. You know, it's not like just like a mosquito bite or something. It like lasts. It like turns into a boil, it festers, it itches, and then it like bursts. And then, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the fire ants, 
you know, I hated them because I'm a flip-flop girl or not flip-flop, but like sandal girl or barefoot girl or, you know, coming from California. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a reason why they work. I realized this the other day. I was like, cowboy boots are so practical. Mm. Like there's a reason why they wear cowboy boots. It's not just the style of it or the cowboy hat. I mean, there's a whole, you know, so I, I, I feel like I'm earning my Texan stripes and the boots with the pointed, I mean, that helps you kick things off or dig into the dirt. I mean, there's really a whole <laughs> reason behind it. I'm, I'm being educated by it as I'm, as I'm here. But the fire ants, anyways, I realized I was told the reason there's not much lime in this area, in this Texas area, is because the fire ants eat the ticks. So, and, you know, I'm like very well-versed being in health on ticks and Lyme disease. And, you know, some of my best and closest friends are struggling with Lyme and it's such a, such a thing. So then I had an appreciation for these fire ants that I didn't have before. So it's almost like those things that you're, I'm still trying to get that way with the scorpions. Mm -hmm. They're quite, I'm quite not there with them. Have you seen some in the house? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We check. We check all the, you know, I check a lot. Now I'm taking, I'm getting used to taking them. My partner doesn't believe, I mean, even though he's this big masculine man, he does not like killing anything Mm -hmm. unless it's, unless it's life or death, you know? So he's taught me how to take, pick them up with these prongs and throw them outside. And so we try to do that. Interesting. (laughs) So beautiful. I can't wait to get back out there and see the river Yes. And um, to see, yeah. You'll come, you'll come now that it's lush and green. And, yeah. and you know, this, since we, since just when we bought it, when we bought it, there were aerial views and it was just this, you know, dry, drab, one type of grass type of situation because it had been grazed for so many years with goats and was just left to decay. But now since we've been working on it, we have like an orchard and we have all these beautiful wild native grasses and flowers. And it's just, it's so exciting to see how a land can regenerate just like our bodies can regenerate. It's such a good metaphor. Yeah. And um, what is, do you guys have, I'm sure there's various goals, but yeah, what is the vision? You know, why did you guys want to get this land? Are are you, are, are people at some point going to be invited to go to the orchard or is this strictly for you No, guys? no, I think we, 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 our intention was someday to have it, you know, do retreats, maybe have artists there. I could do my ceremonies, tea ceremonies and yeah. divine feminine workshops and all of that. I would love to do that. Hmm. Uh, so eventually I think we want to have little uh, tents or cabins for people. Right now, we we have our orchard. We're raising these trees so we can have fruit to bring prosperity to the land and to yeah. exchange and energetic exchange. Yeah, it's just doing our part, mm-hmm. our part to better the planet. Because mm-hmm. regenerative farming, I'm sorry, but it's, I don't think it's going to be the Bill Gates vegan foods that are going to help save our planet. That's not the answer. I think regenerative farming, like Dr. Zach Bush says, yeah. the planet has emphysema right now because yeah. it's so dry, the soil. And the only way to better it is with regenerative farming. That's with animals and diversity mm. and grasses and flowers and foods. I mean, that's that's the way we're going to heal our planet, I believe. Yeah, I believe that as well. And and um, I think it's safe to say that everyone that I've had a conversation 
around this topic about has also said the same, including uh, Dr. Erin McMurrow, who mm. is on Ceremony Circle. Her book is called Grounded, but she has her PhD in oh, wow. you know, urban <laughs> planning and soil and regenerative topics like this. So, I, I And Vandana Shiva, who's, uh, I don't know if you know her I work. know the name. Oh, she's, I used to do some charity, raising money for her in LA. Okay. She's an incredible PhD scientist. She has an organization saving organic seeds in India. Okay. But she's single-handedly going after the Gates Foundation and all these mono, you know, that want to create these monocultural farms. Mm. And, you know, she's helping something like 500,000 farmers have committed suicide in India because they've gotten damaged from the GMO Monsanto seeds and business plans. So she's, you know, spearheading these incredible organizations. So that's a good person to know and to, um, you know, do your own research and support. Yeah, exactly. If you feel called to, of course. So I just can't skip over the fact that you are from Iran. (laughs) And I just, I really want to talk about that a little bit because on a soul level, the Persian culture is just... Mm, Well, you look like you could be Persian. Thank you. I'm sure you've been told that. (laughs) I have, especially when I, yeah, I I used to, you know, at different times look a little bit different, longer hair, um, gold hoop in the, in the nose for the nose ring and, and different things. But, um, on yes, on a soul level, my most ancient part of my being is Persian, like, all the way through. I love the culture so much. And, um, you know, you've got quite a story as you touched on a little bit. You were 10 years old when Mm -hmm. you became a refugee, if I'm correct. Right. And the other interesting thing that I found in my research was that your dad was like a TV host. He had his own talk show. He's like the the Johnny Carson of Iran or the Larry, what's his name? Uh, Larry King. Larry King of Iran. Yeah. So interesting. So that was your up bringing was you were over there as, as a child you grew up there and um my mom's american though uh-huh so she they had she had a television show with him and she was sort of the hippie you know the the, the eccentric hippie american woman that was there and 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 yeah when the revolution hit we had to we had to get out he was on the list to be assassinated and my mom was american they were you know the hostage situation so we escaped like literally escaped in the middle of the night just the clothes on our back. And that's a whole nother story. We got hijacked on the way out. I mean, it's crazy. crazy. Wow. We literally escaped. And, and it took us a lot of time and effort to get to Germany and then to England and then to California. I can't even imagine. A lot of times when people are sharing, I, I get visions and you know downloads mm. and awarenesses. But this one, it's like, it's so big and powerful. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, it's it's hard to even imagine, yeah, those different chapters of that journey. And I, I yeah, I can't even fathom the feelings that mm. would... Well, I think the autoimmune stuff I ended up getting later, you know, it was probably repressed fear and trauma. And I mean, my father went from jet black hair to gray, you wow. know, in a matter of like a week, you know? Really? Oh yeah. No, we, it was quite, quite crazy. I talk about it a little bit in the book too, a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, again, it, it just makes you resilient. And also maybe I'm a little bit worried about stuff that's happening now in the world. Mm-hmm. I, f- I don't know if it's like DNA 
trauma in my body or if it's, Mm -hmm. but there's a piece of me too that's like, let's get ready for, you know, let's have food supply. Let's have, well, we also just went through the polar vortex in in Texas that felt a lot like being in Iran during the revolution when we had no electricity, how to eat canned foods. You know, it was a little of that scenario. It was like, oh my God, I'm reliving my my childhood. Yeah. And that was, it was extreme for you guys because, because of where you're at on the land and because it was so remote, I remember seeing, you know, wasn't there a situation with that where something like, had you not been with Dan and he wasn't able to get a fire started? Yeah. Or... He ended up staying on the land to keep our animals alive. Right. We, my daughter and I ended up going to town, uh-huh. but he had to break the ice with an ax so I could get into the car like I wouldn't have, if I was there by myself, I don't know what I would have done. Right. I mean, I really don't. It was crazy. It was mm. like, you know, because electricity, there's no, now we're getting a generator. There's like a six month wait, by the way, for generators all over the world. Uh, Good to know. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's trying to get a generator. <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, your heat's electric, your water is like, everything mm. runs on electricity. So. Wow. Very, very powerful. Well, yeah, I just, I definitely wanted to honor, you know, where you come from and, you know, to, to at least touch on that a little bit. I guess my last question for that, the last article I read, you at that time had not gone back. I don't know if you still ever want oh, to. Oh, Iran. Yeah. I would love to go uh-huh. back, but I have not been uh-huh. back. Okay. But I was just reading an article today about Iran. You know, it's so, be- it has these mountains and these forests and these jungles and mm. these deserts. I mean, it's a lot like, it's kind of like California. It has every topography imaginable. Wow. You know, I really, I do want to go back someday. I would love to go back. Beautiful. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that would be so powerful, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my goodness. So because this is a Ceremony Circle podcast, I definitely want to talk about your tea ceremony that you facilitate because Luke and I were able to go out on the land and sit in ceremony space with you. And it was so, let me see if there are human words I can find for it. Yeah, I feel it like in the center line of my being. It was, um, I lately human words are just, <laughs> I am getting less and less interested in them. I'm like, oh great, I host a podcast. Like, you're gonna have to figure this out. <laughs> well, we can do it telepathically now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm being <laughs> And transmit it to the audience. <laughs> yeah, just sit in silence and see who gets whatever we're talking yeah. about. But I just, I feel things more and I'm yeah doing more telepathy. But it was just such a, a beautiful experience and the space you hold. And of course that small little, you know, group that we were with such lovely beings were there. Um, But yeah, if you could let everyone know how that came into alignment Mm. for you and a little bit about it. Gosh, tea is my, I'm so grateful for tea because it really truly has been my medicine Mm. for some physical ailments. It's like helped me with the pain and so on. And I was introduced to it by my sister, Balin, Elspeth years ago now, like maybe eight years ago. Um, And to be honest, the first time I didn't like it because I I was like, what is this? We're sitting here in silence for three hours and it's so militant and, ah." and then of course, as life would have it, I had, there was a tea ceremony at my house for a sister's baby shower. And then I just started weeping because I got it. I got that you're supposed to be silent. You're supposed to receive you're not supposed to do anything. It was so hard for me being in my masculine monkey mind, like, let me do something. It took me so long to learn to just be when you're being served. 
yes, at least. Yes. You know, that's really being in your feminine, right? Having your cup filled, you know, it's just something so beautiful about just receiving and having your cup filled and being okay with that. Right. You know, rather than constantly giving and wanting to be, wow. Got some thunder out here. <laughs> yeah. I might be here for a while. <laughs> Fine. I have no problem with that. Oh my goodness. So the tea, it's been a long journey. And once I decided that I really wanted to learn more about it, I ended up going to China. Mm. And I'm so grateful I did because I don't know if I'll have a chance to ever go to China again. And China is uh, incredible. We went to the mountains of China. We drank tea on the tops of the mountains. We meditated. Mm. We went to the tea farms, the organic tea farms. I really dived in deep and, um, you know, honed in on my practice. And it's something that I love to offer. And, and it's just a form of meditation. And I talk a lot about it in the, in the book. There's a chapter on it. Too. Oh, it's so good. But if anyone's interested, globalteahut.com or livingtea.net. Those are the two sites. That's who you recommend. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm setting, I'm planting a seed and setting an intention at some point, once Luke and I get into our house and I'm like actually feeling more grounded here. Um, at some point, yeah, I would love for us to co-create some sort of gathering here. Yes, and, um, definitely. You do your tea and I do whatever I do, <laughs> drum or yes. do singing circles. Perfect. Or, I don't know. I Let's just, do it. Let's do it as a, as a, you know, when you move in. Okay. Yeah. That would love be nice. That. Okay. Okay. Cool. I love that. And so Before, you know, we get into the ending bit of our time together, I do want to circle back to some of those health ailments, like you touched on, you know, you got that recent glaucoma diagnosis and just whatever is is percolating up as I'm talking right now in terms Mm -hmm. of just any wisdom nuggets that you want to impart on people on body intelligence or, or, or things that you have found that work for you? I think we're in the West or in our culture, we're so used to masking pain mm-hmm. and trying to stop the pain when the, actually I realize the pain is a messenger. The pain is showing you what is happening. The pain is asking you to dig because I just had some excruciating physical pain the last couple of years from a car accident that sort of like started some autoimmune issues. And so it's been like this rabbit hole of me trying to figure it out until I just started to just listen to the pain. And it led me to the eye doctor who found out I had glaucoma, which I would never have known. And I wouldn't be taking drops now, which is going to save my sight. You know, there's things that, and if I just masked the pain or if I just listened to, you know, I went to high priced neurologists in LA who just said, well, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. This is your life now. You just have to take painkillers and this is this is what happens. And I, and again, there's that piece that was like, no, <laughs> no, there's a cause and there's an effect. I want to know the cause. I want to know what's causing this. Right. And it's taken me three years, literally, to find out. And I think I'm getting to the bottom of it. And I think it's just, again, trust your body and let it inform you. Listen to the pain. And this is because I my heart really goes out to people and children that are in pain, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't think you know until you've had debilitating physical pain. And I just, I just feel like I, you know, if I can help them in any way, it's just there. There will be an end to this. There is an end. You can fix it. You can get your body to heal. Mm. And I love like Joe Dispenza's work. Me and, too. You know, creating love. new neuropathways. 
microdosing with mushrooms, you know, creating new neural pathways, I think is key too. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm a big, I became an official dispensa, Dr. Joe <gasps> Oh, that's fan. right. You guys went. We did. I know. I want to hear about that someday. Like just, oh. Yeah. It was glorious. Yeah. His work really spoke to me. I would, you know, do his audio recordings and there's definitely a shamanic essence to it that mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, okay. But then, yeah, in person within like 20 minutes, I was like, I'm a fan. You know, <laughs> I'm fangirling. Like I'm He's amazing. He really is. Oh my gosh. And just so down to earth and yes. so legit. I love it so much. And I would love to chat a little bit about, you know, you're a mom and I think also as a stepmom. Am I wrong? Right, right. My my partner Dan has two kids. Yeah. They're here with him. You know, I I am you know, hoping I feel it will be in the cards for Luke and I to enter into this experience. <gasps> oh, so this is new, you know, yes. we are not actively trying yet, but we have said yes to that gateway and portal. And Beautiful. so we're in that portal. I'm taking prenatal vitamins. It's a, it's a new world. And just side note, and I say this with the most love and kindness, like I'm not looking for, you know, advice from, you know, I don't, I don't need DMs sent or emails sent, um, you know, from anyone. I, I want to stay very attuned to what my body intelligence right. is telling me and what right. God goddess is telling me. But I would like to hear from like certain people like you a bit about your experience you know, I, I read that you love, or at some point, maybe still do love to teach your kids how to use their own intuition. And I also read that you took them at one point to a saint to get a hug. And I could only assume that was Amma. <laughs> so yeah, anything you want to share um, around your learnings and, and being a mama? Um, how was there a certain practice when it came to cultivating their intuition? Like, was there a certain thing you did with them? Or Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing, because it's also when they get to that stage where they become rebellious, you kind of don't want it to be a chore or something that they've, you want them to come upon it themselves. Yeah. But I would say it's almost like you, I think parents show by their behavior, you know, and by their lives mm. and by what they're doing, their actions, you know, and we can't really be hypocritical that way. It's like, you have to really, you can't tell them to eat junk, not to eat junk food and then you be eating junk food, you know? It's definitely, been, and for me, it's like being on the phone. Like recently with my 15-year-old, we've had, taken away all her media and all her, and then, you know, Dan was telling me, well, you have to, you have to do the same too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. I can't say that and not practice it. So I think those are the things that I'm learning. As a parent, I feel like you're always learning with your child too. Yeah. My older daughter though, I always say I just added water and she grew herself. Interesting. I really didn't, you know, as a, as a young mom, I never carried diapers. I would just borrow them. I mean, I was like, you know, I just took her with me, you know, threw her on my back and just... <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I almost feel like you. that's better in a way. We don't need all the... Because I think as a young mom, I was so overwhelmed mm -hmm. by that, like most popular stroller, the most popular Bjorn. Do this, this don't do that. Thing. Yeah. I mean, if you just go to the roots of what, you know, the people who have the least amount of income and are the happiest in the world, what do they do? They just keep their babies close and, you know, do all the things that that feels right. Mm. And how old are your two oldest at this point? Uh, 24, my older daughter, uh -huh. and my youngest is 15. 24 and 15. And then my partner is uh, 17 and um, 
fifteen. So okay, it's interesting. We have similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I believe I met his daughter. <gasps> right. She was helping with tea. She was sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. Yes. Yeah, because we were. I mean, the crew you had <laughs> gathered. You know, we're not novices to the spiritual path and work, and some of our shares. You know, like. You, you know, they were, um, yeah, just pretty full on, um, vulnerable, transparent shares. And, um, uh, it was really lovely to feel yeah. her presence there, have a young being there. And she was so sweet and so, mm-hmm. so lovely. But I, I was curious. I was like, I wonder what she's thinking. Well, I wonder too. We're, I think I'm so different from their mama, yeah. you know? So I think there, there's a lot of eye rolling in my house. Like I have a Soma, Soma Vedic, Soma Vedic. Yeah. Oh, we've got like 20. <laughs> we have them in the car. Oh, you do? We have them everywhere. I think there's a lot of eye rolling when they come to visit us. They see all my stuff. Yeah. But I think somehow I'm like, okay, well, that's Soma Veda because at least transferring to them while they're sleeping. Totally. You know, totally. you do what you can. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, like everything, of course, is divine and lovely and perfect. But perhaps it could be a thing like later on, you know, where they're just like, oh, my gosh, my stepmom was actually really rad when I was little or whatever. Uh, well, you know? my my partner, my ex-partner, Dylan, his mom was even is Eve Ensler, who adopted him. She wrote Vagina Monologues. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, so it's like such a beautiful story because he, his mom died when he was very young. Okay. And then his father wasn't around. And then when she married his father, she said, I want to meet your son. So when Dylan was 15, he came to New York City from Connecticut and met Eve, who was 20, in her 20s. And Eve was like, I want you to do three things. I want you to go to therapy, get sober, because he was a you know, drug addict, and, and take acting classes. Whoa. And she changed his life. And that's an example of a stepmother that, you know, I, I hear that story and I'm always like, my God. I mean, he's like, you know, he owes it all to Eve. He's like sober and therapy, successful actor, all because this woman believed in him. So, you know, we can never underestimate what the, the what we can do for kids that are either ours biologically or not, mm. you know. That's powerful. I it's had so no powerful. idea that backstory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She wrote vagina monologues and I'm in one of the monologues. You are? I am. I'm not. <laughs> it's kind of Oh, I have crazy. to look into no, this. No, uh, let's not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really cool. But it's, I mean, it's cool to have her as a stepmother. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Or stepmother-in-law, I guess. Ex-stepmother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. So I would like, if you're open to it, you know, you are a contributor to my animal power book. Oh yes. Which thank you, by the way. Of course. So much. I know, you know, um, my gratitude for you. And well, being a I'm part seeing of it. those macaws everywhere now. So thank you for reopening the portal for mm, me. I mean, like, yeah, it couldn't be a greater honor. And thank you for saying that. So yeah. So for those of you sitting with us, I've touched a little bit on my book, Animal Power. It's available for pre-order now and will officially be in everyone's hands in October. And so I really felt into every aspect of this book on a very deep <laughs> level. But um, I did want to have, you know, different, it ended up being 25 different shamanic and spiritual leaders and thought leaders from around the world sharing um, personal stories about an animal that really impacted them. And Shiva shared about the macaw and some of what the macaw represents are the following innovation sacred union ceremony Mm. the sun regeneration of life (laughs) song 
enhanced mood, color, and expression. And I was really struck when, you know, when I read those, because so many of them really seem to speak to you and your path. It's like, especially the innovation and the regeneration and the ceremony, because you've really been an innovator. Um, you were so ahead of your time with so much of what you've created. And also, you know, the expression and the throat chakra and, um, you know, you have been very vocal about different things. And like you said, with protesting, you've been arrested a number of times. <laughs> and I just, I, I really wanted to bring that in. And, um, you know, I don't know your thoughts. I do have printed out here the story that you share that is in Animal Power Book. And I don't know your thoughts and feelings on if you would want to read it today or just leave it for folks to, you know, get the book and, and read themselves. What do you think? Get the book. Okay, get the book. <laughs> it's a really, it's, I, I maybe I shouldn't say this, but it, it's one of my favorite is stories. It? It's, oh, it's, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's so unique. And <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, I sorry to leave you guys in such a cliffhanger here, <laughs> but it's an epic story. And uh, let me see if I just want to share. Yeah, one I was going to say maybe share. Next I think that you know, really early on in the story, it, it really hooks you in when you find out that one of your deep connections with Paco, the bird, was when you were a teen and you spent a long night on magic mushrooms. And it was the next day <laughs> when you're sitting in the VW van and you, for the first time, started to develop a different relationship with Paco and you can yes. understand him. Yes. I you, just got chills. Aww. Wow. It's really cool. So yeah. that's how the story kind of... <laughs> now you know what kind of teenager I was. <laughs> yeah. That's how it begins and it just gets better from there. But yes, yeah, so Shiva has shared um, the macaw personal story and the animal power book. And I just want to thank you again for bringing your essence and energy. Well, thank into you it. for reminding. I mean, honestly, that was like hidden deep in a crevice mm. of memory. So it was good to excavate that. And literally, I mean, I've shown you, I don't think I've even sent you photos since then. I've seen macaws everywhere now. It's back to being one of my messengers. Oh. So thank you. Like literally at the dentist, I think I showed you. There's a huge painting of a macaw. And then I went to a f visit a friend in New Mexico. The Airbnb, Airbnb. has all these giant macaws everywhere. <laughs> so like, this good. Is so amazing. And the dentist is like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it just so happened that's the same dentist that Luke and I chose oh, to go to. No, the best dentist. Yeah. The best. They're really, really good. Yes. But so I just was glancing back over. And I think before we officially wrap, because I haven't talked about this yet, let me know if you're open. Can you share a little bit about yoni eggs? Mm -hmm. Would you be open to that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about that yet. And I think that that could be a cool thing to weave in before we close. Definitely. There's a chapter in my book on the yoni eggs. Okay. And it's something that I started practicing, again, I think after having two children and the first childbirth situation, I had an episiotomy and sometimes there's scar tissue around there. And when I realized that there's all these nerve endings along a woman's yoni that it can be activated mm -hmm. and it's not. You know, mm. we're not taught this. No. We're not taught this. And it's so tragic to me that, you know, it's seen as taboo or even, you know, some people try to discredit the yoni egg saying that it causes toxic shock. By the way, no one's ever caught 
toxic shock syndrome in the 5,000 years they've been using yoni eggs, you know. <laughs> but, side but, note. <laughs> but yeah, side note. But tampons, on the other hand, when they're made of toxic cotton, chemically, that's what causes toxic shock syndrome. But again, if you're interested in getting a yoni egg, definitely get one that's certified jade. Um, uh, there's a jade that specifically comes from Australia, New Zealand, neophyte jade, it's called. It's okay. darker okay. in color. So definitely just get a certified yoni egg they have them online um on my site on my blog the local rose you can there's i used to have a shop there i used to actually carry them on the shop but you can there's articles there with links so yes those neophyte jade eggs you use and it kind of reconnects you to that chakra and that that area and gets those nerve endings activated Mm. so you can feel more and there's just something really powerful once you start activating. And I remember reading once uh, somebody said it's like having a room in your house that you're not using. Like put a chest of drawers and a vase of flowers in there. Mm. Like like activate that that room. You know, we sort of activate our heart and our, you know, our mind. And why not that? That's the most powerful thing there is. Yeah, that's where our creativity comes. That's where a woman's will comes. That's where um, you know birth comes our ideas come and a lot of you know incontinence it's like 70 percent of women in america have incontinence you know where they can't hold their urine so when you're doing these yoni egg exercises you're strengthening those pelvic floor muscles and the pelvic floor and you're gaining strength and it really it really did shift me i remember Hmm. like i'd be walking with my daughter my older daughter and and like i'd get looks you know walking down the street she's like do you have your yoni egg in right now you walk slightly differently (laughs) or just people start looking at you differently oh really it kind of activates this part of you you know but by the way if anyone does try and it falls out don't feel bad because it's supposed to fall out it's don't get a complex about it it's a practice yeah just like yoga is a practice it takes a long time well i am curious because it's actually a practice that i don't do. I've never done. I'm and I'm open to it. But I think my one hesitancy. Well, there's two. <sighs> Number one, I just tend to feel really just good about how my vagina feels and <laughs> functions and how she operates and um, she seems to be in, in really good, thriving health. And so there's that part of me that's like, that if it ain't broke, don't right, fix right. it. Like, why am I going to, quote unquote, mess, mess with anything or change anything when when she seems to be? I don't think you may not be called to do it. I think it's really good for women who've had trauma down there. Okay. You know, whether it be from any kind of trauma where they've disassociated from there. You know, and maybe after childbirth, then it's a time to kind of like reintegrate all those, you know, muscles again mm-hmm. and get them. That's a lot. Like for me, it, it came after having children and wanting to sort of get that area back. And so my other hesitancy, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard this a million times before, but like just the functionality, how do you get it out? Like I would be, I'm a, I'm, I have this fear that I put the yoni egg up in. My- oh, it'll come out. It wants to come out. It will come out when it's done. It'll drop out. But you also thread some uh, floss, unwaxed floss, tooth floss, uh-huh. and then you make a loop, you tie it so that you, and you keep it outside so you can actually pull it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
They have, they, the yoni eggs have holes drilled in them oh. so you can thread them. Oh, I feel so much better about this now because <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, how do you fish it? Like, and if it's slippery, how right. do you get a grip? And Right. No, no, no. You thread, you thread a thread into it and then you can pull it out easily. Knew I was supposed to ask you about yes, this. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So I'm sure they can go to localrose.com and read about it because there are probably particular, like I would guess, you know, there's different ways you can work with it, but maybe there's a certain chance that you want to. Yeah, yeah. There's intentions, but there's also people that are beautifully well-versed in it. And I have links on them to oh, Dr. Sayed. There's a Dr. Sayed. Uh, she has a book on it and I have a link to her site Okay, and she dives deep. She has oh. YouTube videos and yeah, there's all sorts of yoga exercises exercise, you know, exercises you can do with it and so on too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so glad we entered into that, uh, into those waters. And before we close, is there just anything else on your heart? I mean, like we said, you have lived a very full, colorful, expansive life experience and you just, I really love your soul and your integrity and your warmth mm. and your kindness. Like you're someone that quote unquote could have an ego or could, you know, have a bit of pretense about you and you just so don't. Um, you're just so lovely, have so much deep uh, integrated wisdom within you. So if there's Thank just, you. of course. Thank you. I feel the same about you. I mm -hmm. feel so grateful that you are in my life, that you are in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I honestly feel that we must have known each other in Egypt or something. Mm -hmm. Especially with that blue year where I feel like there's some ISIS. A lot. <laughs> ISIS and then, you know, back and then Morgan Le Fay. I mean, just like everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for having me and seeing me. And the only thing I would add is maybe we'll close the direction. Great. <laughs> Which will be really quick and easy. Perfect. Let's do it. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Great Spirit, for being here with us today. Thank you, Great Spirits of the East. Great spirits of the South, great spirits of the North, great spirits of the West, Gaia, Mother Earth, and the celestial beings above. Thank you. Thank you for honoring this circle, and thank you for honoring all the listeners and Allison and all of your beings. Aho. Aho. So it is. Woo! What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied, true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you please go to my website where all the show notes are listed, www.alisoncharles.com. That's www.alisoncharles.com so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful, 
ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you. Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.